cream. The first mouse quickly gave up and drowned. The second mouse wouldn't quit. He struggled so hard that eventually he turned that cream into butter and crawled out. Gentlemen, as of this moment, I am that second mouse. It's amazing. He's talking about motorcycle insurance. Now let's start the show. Step out of the cold. Welcome back, everybody, to a quick update from the Second Mouse podcast. Um, Happy New Year to everybody. We haven't seen you all in a bit. Boys, how we doing? Happy New Year. Happy fucking New Year. You know, it's funny because the more the years change, the more things stay the same. And that is the Dallas Cowboys absolutely shitting their pants on national television. Oh my God. It was a absolute shit show. The first I had heard about this game was turning on ESPN radio and hearing they were down 27 to nothing. Um, almost Chaos to end the half, by the way. What were you going to say, Gato? Chaos is a ladder. And it was just <laughs> chaos is a more chaos. Animosity. Our little, our little finger. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking oh, man. Game well, of Thrones medieval motherfucker. <laughs> for those who are joining us, uh, the Cowboys have just lost – um, again, in the playoffs, it'll be the third straight year that they had won 12 regular season games only to lose. Um, Stephen A. Smith, I'm sure, is having a blast right now. And Skip Bayless is probably just like sitting in a bathtub of bleach in his house somewhere. Have you not been paying attention to his tweets? He's been tweeting. Is he going through, he going through it? Oh, he's going through it. There's okay. like 50 or 60 tweets over the last like hour of him just absolutely like literally anything that's like crossing his brain. He he puts on. He puts on oh, Twitter. no. I'm, I'm shocked that like Cowboys fans didn't like band together and start an insurrection in the middle of that game. It was fucking what a tr- train wreck. Absolute train wreck. I don't even know where to begin with that game. Honestly, it's nuts. I mean, I mean, let's let's get started with that one. We're also going to cover the other two games that happened yesterday. Um, I mean, because it's the most, it's the freshest one, and I think it's fair to say, like the Packers kind of backed their way into the playoffs. They were not playing their best football to end the year, and the Cowboys were. I mean, they were on a tear for the last couple of weeks, where they were just beating teams to a pulp with their top five offense and their defense was playing really well. So let me, let me ask you guys a question just to start and preface this. Did you guys see this going the way it did at all? No. No. Like even with the history of the Cowboys tragically falling short in the playoffs, did anybody predict this level of suck in this game? I thought their disaster meltdown game was going to happen next week because that's we, that's kind of their MO. Yeah. We've been talking about it like we were talking about it before that 
I knew there was going to be a blowout in this game because every single fucking game of every single sport seems to be a blowout now. Um, there, there has not been a good game anywhere. Um, but I honestly thought the Cowboys were going to win this week because, and I don't know why necessarily. I it was just a vibe I was getting um, that I felt like maybe like they would just like yeah buy themselves one week before mm-hmm. the really shitty disaster because I don't know who they would have who yep. they have played next week. Uh, winner uh, of, the winner of it would have been the Niners, mm-hmm. which. How many times? It? How many yeah. times are they gonna ha- have that happen? But I should have known because of the Packers. How many fucking times? Like, I mean, I know no Aaron Rodgers, but like, how many times has this happened against the Packers for them? Just it's always a fucking disaster against the Packers. I mean they 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 played last year and the Cowboys lost, didn't they? That was the Niners last year. Okay, yeah. Uh, would they have actually played the Niners next week? Well, they. Would have. Um, they- what what seed were the Cowboys? Cowboys were two, I believe. Were they not? Or were they? Uh, uh, yeah, you see, or because the Lions ended up third seed, right? One sec, because of the the just... crazy game we did not cover yeah, between was... the the Lions and the Cowboys two weeks ago. So yeah. The, yeah. so conference wise, the Cowboys were the number two seed. Yeah. So in next week they would not have faced the 49ers then because no they would have probably taken on Lions or Rams whoever they would won have, that one. They would have faced yeah if the Rams win tonight uh no if the Rams win tonight they'll go against the Niners most likely because they're the 6 seed. They're the 6 seed. So they would have mm-hmm. faced most likely either the Lions or the Bucks like so it's like if the Bucks yeah. win yeah so that most likely so actually like a chance to probably make it to the championship round um, because like, you know, none of those teams are really scaring anybody, but all I wanted this weekend was I wanted to the Cowboys to lose and uh, the Eagles to lose. And I might get both. I'm pretty excited about it, but I will say I was kind of disappointed. I usually enjoy when the Cowboys lose on a like embarrassing play to end the game. Like last year when they had, Zeke Elliott run line up as a quarterback. <laughs> it's like a direct yeah. snap. Or when Dak tried to set his own ball. Yeah. <laughs> and then they complain that they got screwed out of that game. And I'm like, my guy, you have to hand the ball to the ref. Like, uh-huh. Can't there are rules to follow ball. here, man. Like, yeah, you can't like, oh, you know what? I'm just gonna spot the ball wherever the fuck I want. Like, so um, you want you want pure emotional vampirism here? Yeah, I like. You I like just when suck they, the soul out. <laughs> yeah, I like, like it's a crawfish. They, just I like when they them have in a little sucking the innards out. I really like when they have Ugh. a little bit of hope. Like when there's a little yeah. bit of hope that they're gonna win, and then they get it like stolen away from them. This was just pure like. They just lost when they're running to the finish line and then they like trip over their shoelaces. Exactly. Right. Like Like they get out, but but not boys. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So So, I'll take it though. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say no to this. There's, there's something I want to bring up and I might be petty for doing this, but I mean, we're not going to break down the game. I think we can just do like kind of a reaction to that game and what the potential fallout of it is going to be. But How's Aaron Rodgers feeling right now after leaving this team for <laughs> saying that they did not have any weapons for years and years and years, and he needed more to be successful there. He finally is able to orchestrate his way out to go to New York. 
Obviously, he misses the entire season because of an ankle injury. And obviously, the Jets are not in the playoffs. Who knows? Things could have been different if he was playing. But for a guy who said this team does not have the weapons to win, they go into Dallas, and it was a 32-point lead going into the fourth quarter. How do you think... What do you think his mental state is right now, aside from completely altered? I mean, his mental state is always in question, right? But, <laughs> um, well, like, it's got to, he's got to be kind of pissed about this one because if you think about replacement, him being in the role that Jordan Love fulfilled today on that field, um, it was everybody around him that really shined, right? Aaron Jones basically carried that team to the next round the and the defense played out of their minds too yeah i mean there, there was good there was good plays by the receivers but they were like it was to me watching that game it was very apparent that the cowboys defense didn't know what the fuck they were doing they were I, was there injuries or like so many big opportunities and coverage that they just blew and left wide open. I mean, Aaron Rodgers could have made those throws, you know, like that was, they were, they were just so wide open. And um, I, it was that. And then like early on in that game, Dax point dif turnover differential was insane because he threw two pick sixes and a third interception. That was almost a pick six. No, no. The first one was almost. No, the, yeah, the first yeah. one was just a one pick six. Was, was just a pick. Yeah, yeah. I stepped away and I came back for that. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like this is kind of a reoccurring theme for the NFL playoffs. Where, I mean, the Chiefs game was a good example of this too. Is just like some of the coaching preparation was has been bad too and dan quinn a guy who apparently according to ian rapaport was the favorite to win the commander's job he said that uh yeah there was a tweet that went out about that um i i don't think that dan quinn is going to be getting that job or i think they have the performance of his defense today is really going to make people a little concerned about having him back in the role as a head coach. Well, because he might be qualified. He might be super good. And you know what? He deserves a second chance. But the last thing you're going to remember is the fucking Packers dropping 48 on his defense. Not a great look. Easy. On, on top of them yeah. blowing a 28 point lead in the Super Bowl when he was the coach. He picked a he picked a really bad time to absolutely shit to bed. Yes. Um, yes. I I don't I don't know I, I don't know if it's gonna stop him from getting the heck. I I honestly think he will be. Everyone's gonna say Bill Belichick is gonna be the fucking head coach of the the Cowboys, which I just don't think is gonna happen. But um, I think I think Quinn might end up becoming the head coach of the Cowboys. He's very well respected in the building. Um. So it wouldn't shock me if they fire McCarthy and then just transition to Quentin. It really hmm. wouldn't shock me one bit. But like that, that would be a very Jerry Jones thing to do because his defense is always top five. It's just he just picked a really bad time to just really be shitty. So um, I don't know. I, I just like I just how many how many years is this going to happen for the Cowboys where they just keep just shitting the bed last few minutes? But uh, going back to the Aaron Rodgers thing though. 
Aaron Rodgers, I don't think really cares, honestly. He's so like he he honestly probably still believes that he would have won the Super Bowl with Green Bay. But like this, I want to talk about Green Bay in general, though. One of the best run organizations in football. Like mm-hmm. the fact that they can find these receivers like Romeo Dobbs and you know Jaden Reed, who was their second round pick. Barely, I don't even think played today. This he was their leading even... receiver for the season and didn't have a catch. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, Don like, Wicks kid. I don't even know where the Dontavian hell he came Wicks. Yeah. yeah, I don't even know where the hell he came from. Um, you know, they just seemingly always find these guys that are like, and like everyone complains when they don't take a receiver in the first round, and then they find some third round receiver and he ends up putting up a thousand yards, and it's like. They're still mad that they're not taking the receiver in the first round. Mm-hmm. It's like, just who gives a shit? Do you think the structure of the Packers themselves cause for the organization to have slightly different goals in comparison to other organizations in the NFL? They thought. are, yeah, they are very disciplined and they they follow a structure and it works and they don't deviate from it. It's like it's a Ted Thompson thing, I think. Like. You, you, like they and again, like this is the second time that they've essentially drafted a, a controversial move in drafting a quarterback in the first round when they already have a guy who's an MVP candidate every single year, and everyone fucking hems and haws that they didn't take a receiver instead of they took Jordan Love instead of taking a receiver for Aaron Rodgers, and again they're thinking ten steps ahead, knowing mm-hmm. full well that a divorce was coming with Aaron Rodgers eventually. And now they have Jordan Love sitting there for three years, not doing a damn thing, just sitting there waiting, watching, and learning. And then what happens? He finally takes over. He throws, what, 30 touchdowns this season? Ends up in the playoffs against the Cowboys, fucking dismantles them. And I I, I don't know if – I don't know who they're going to face next week uh, based on how everything kind of shapes out. But, like, could you see Jordan Love carving up the Eagles? Could you see him beating the Buccaneers? Yeah, both of those teams, particularly the Eagles, are down right now and not the same defense they were last year. I could very easily see that happen. But to go back to your point, Gatto, they are not a team that has like a traditional owner, right? They don't have a David Tepper. They don't have a Dan Snyder. They don't have a Jerry Jones. It's a team owned by like a collection of people. Like, and these are like common folk people too, right? I I wonder if not having an ownership ego there allows the football people to be able to actually build the team that they want instead of like getting a phone call from a David Tepper like why aren't we drafting Bryce Young in, over CJ Stroud which that idea has soured like a glass of milk on a hot day um, so I, I'm, I think your question brings up a good point where if there's nobody who is the quote unquote owner and is expecting their team to follow what they're telling them to do, the, the football brains are just allowed to like run the show the way that they're supposed to. And they're allowed to draft for the future. They're allowed to develop talent they're given the autonomy to take another quarterback sit him for three years and then say all right here's another hall of fame quarterback that we're letting go you're gonna start 
And we have the confidence in you because we don't have an owner breathing down our necks saying, what the fuck are we doing? It's, it's a different form of accountability, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, I don't know if it's less pressure because there's many stakeholders here or if there's more pressure to get it right because, look, you're kind of, you're fixed on these decisions financially, right? You don't have mm-hmm. that same kind of, like you can't go out and just buy up everything that you need either, right? You got yeah. you got to do it in a well. They they do have what's the structure? They do have people that are chairs of boards for it. Right? They have managing like managing partners that they treat it treat it much more like a corporation in that sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Instead it's... of like um an ownership group or something like that, they they have more of like a. Uh, a flat organizational structure when it comes to that which is cool because hey if you know your head head chair is you know starting to have negative effects on the organization the collective can get together and make a change there right and Mm -hmm. you know you can bring in the best person that then is leading in that helm to make those decisions or put who in place and whatnot i think again it's like one of those situations of Many hands make of light work and, you know, um, one, two, two minds are better than one kind of scenario going on here, right? Instead of where you have someone who's very used to just being, you know, an overarching structure owns outright a Jerry Jones, a Tepper, who just says, this is how I want it to be and thinks that they're right for whatever reason and no one can question that authority, right? And the and the thing I will say too is that you also have a team that has won a has won a lot of games, has won Super Bowls, and the contrast to that is the Cowboys, who have also done those things, but drafts high profile players, can sign high profile players, but cannot do anything in the playoffs. So it's very interesting. You have two teams that are essentially kind of the same when it comes to winning and success but you have different approaches of how they're getting there. But one of those teams is actually showing that they can be successful and they can do things in the playoffs and make magic happen. And the other one is going in as the favorite all the time with all the fanfare and just absolutely being so flat and just that game was over by the second, by the end of the second, end of the first half. I, I think like to the point you're getting to is like you can try to force the, the outcomes that you want, but mm-hmm. that does not ensure the outcome that you want. Yeah. And other teams, other organizations go in a different route and still get the, the outcomes that you're looking for. And and I think that's always been part of the Achilles heel of, of the Cowboys is that they consistently – try to force they think there's that one piece they need they're missing that one piece if we have that one piece we've got it all right Mm -hmm. and um i don't think that that's ever the mentality it's it's an illusion it's the same as the illusion of luck (laughs) so um essentially that's you know 
It's almost become a self-fulfilling prophecy for the Cowboys. Like, I think they they have to feel it, right? Because it's been this, mainly the same guys there the last few years. There's a been. pressure, right? Yeah. I, like, Parsons has been there for a few years now. Dak, obviously, been there. He's on his second contract there. Yeah. So, you know, even guys like Lamb have been through it. And I think there's got to be a feeling of, like, man, we're at home. We're the favorite. We're the number two seed. Been a top five offense all year. This has got to be the year. And I think I think one of the reasons why Jerry Jones hired McCarthy in the first place has to be because of the fact that he's won a Super Bowl. He's mm-hmm. been in the playoffs a bunch of times. Oh, that's 100% and sure. And I think he felt like he was the guy that was going to be able to, like, guide them. Because, like, obviously the playoffs are, like, such a completely different animal. And it really does require like more than just being a good X's and O guy. You have to be able to keep everyone calm. I think that's what with like, you know, Bill Belichick having that kind of steady resolve is one of those reasons why he's such a good coach, like not just necessarily from an X's and O standpoint. So the fact that, you know, you're looking at the situation in which, Mike McCarthy doesn't seemingly get them over the hump, then what's the fucking point of having him there? Like, right. it's like he's, he has never really been a traditionally great X's and O's guy in, in like his, he doesn't have like, he's not a Sean McVay. He's not an Andy Reed or anything like that. So like one of the things was he was always kind of a guy who'd let his players be his own players other than Rogers. Like he, he wanted to keep Rogers on a system all the time. Um, but like at this point, what's the point of having them there? So it's clearly it's time to time to go. Yeah, but the quicksand is getting deeper. For <laughs> yeah, for I don't think McCarthy. I don't think McCarthy survives this time around because you know at, there was a stat that was up. They've won thirty six games in three years. They've twelve games a year. That that's not what their objective is. Their objective is to go to the Super Bowl and win it. And they, I, I I agree with you, Q. I think McCarthy is a good organizational man. Yeah, but that has never really been their problem. I mean, maybe during like the Jason Garrett years, they had like disciplinary stuff, and they were just kind of a sloppy team. They went through a couple of pretty lean years there, but. All in all, they've not been a bad ran organization. They've not been a bad ran coaching staff either, or poorly ran coaching staff. It's they just have not delivered when they needed to. And I'd, I'd argue they have a top five front office. I mean, like they're McClay, they're able to find talent in the draft like nobody's business. Will McClay um, is a guy every single fucking year. People like put in a request to interview him. And guess what happens? Every single year, he basically declines. Jerry Jones gives him a huge raise, and he goes back to just finding absolute bangers. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of pointless, honestly. To to, but like at this point, it, again, I feel like it's it, there's too much pressure on the Cowboys, especially if they're mm-hmm. facing the Niners or the or the Packers. Um, those two teams just have their fucking number. Um, so I think at the end of the day. You know, I think they I think they kind of feel the like it's what's going to be the thing that happens this time. Usually it's like a last minute thing that kind of fucks them that they can complain to the refs about or mm-hmm. but like if you're McCarthy, how do you save your job? Right. Because like you could argue like, oh, we were so close. We had it. If we just did this and we just did that, like you can make those type of little assertions. But like with getting getting absolutely destroyed in this game, like there's really nothing you can say that like would have changed the outcome. 
Yeah, and everyone said that the Dan Quinn hire was genius, and he's really turned it around on their their defense has really turned it around, and it's just all of those things like just did not work, or they didn't prepare the right way, they didn't prepare for the right things, or their coaching just kind of shit the bed. And I think that's also a conversation to be had for the Dolphins game as well. That was last night. If you guys are good, we can switch over to that one. Yeah. Um. Last night, Chiefs, Dolphins, minus four, felt like minus 27. The game was pretty interesting to watch, just considering how cold it was. Those guys didn't move like it was that cold. And I would imagine because the field was heated, there was a lot of like radiant heat that was coming from the ground. So it didn't feel that cold, especially when you're out running around and shit. But um, let's talk about, before we get to the Chiefs, can we just have a conversation about like who are the Dolphins? Are they a good team or did they just lie to us all year? I think they're good. I do. You think they're um, good? I do. I think they're they're not even aware of who they are yet. They haven't fully figured out their own identity. They have a new I, I think they're a new play scheme. Um they're Mike McDaniel's his management style everything they're just getting used to they had great results at certain points there is some inventive innovative stuff going on there but there are certain things that i think um they're not used to and that's post gate uh postseason experience they don't know what playoff runs is. i mean sure yeah you have tyreek hill's been through it um but that's one guy though that's one yeah. guy exactly and so you kind of you kind of have to wonder if part of it is that i think the other part there's it's undeniable in this past game right that weather played a huge part in it but um i think mike mcdaniel still has a learning curve onto himself mm -hmm. in in terms of developing as a head coach and i think he's going to figure it out um i, I was in my opinion, I was pretty impressed with the year. They didn't play altogether great against other good teams. Um, I was just about to say, I kind of disagree. I think they're a bad. I don't think they're a very good team. And I think Mike McDaniel is a good coach, mm -hmm. and I think they're going to be a good team. But and they were losing. They lost a lot of guys defensively, like Jalen Phillips. Oh, they had injuries the, everywhere. They lost like and, six starters, right? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, like, I, I can't blame them for losing that game. I think they have a Tua issue, honestly. Like, I think Tua in the cold weather, he he's just invisible. I, but the stats I, are what they are. They were one in six against teams with winning records. They averaged sixteen points per game in those games, and then they averaged thirty-five points per game in the other games. So it's like. Can beat up, they really beat the shit out of bad teams, and then they got their ass kicked against good teams. So, yeah, I mean, but we see that across the NFL and other teams. The Cowboys were another team that it was like, hey, can they actually beat good teams, or are they only beating you know the teams with sub 500 records? Uh, I it's weird because I don't think this game that ended their season actually has anything to do with with how they are as a team like this this game i don't think Tua was able to to throw properly he wasn't able to like the weather being so cold like ha your hand exposed in that type of weather 
like you only have like five minutes before you get like you can get frostbite. It's see, like I don't buy that though. But like, and that's, I, I, I'm not saying they, that that's literally what people you know like experts will tell you. All right, then like, put a glove you can on. Get it. Then Tua, put a glove on. Tua, Tua is zero and seven in games where it's forty five degrees or less. And that's the other thing. I mean, he's he's a quarterback that thrives in warm weather, and they missed the boat at the end of the season. They could have had, they could have had this at home, right? They could have had, they could have had this at home. And so, uh, see here, I I think there's truth in both of your responses. I think that there are components of a good team in there, but also there are also like hidden gremlins that are under the hood here, mm-hmm. and. There's a couple of things that stood out to me was Miami's just unwillingness to run like pass the football during that game. They did it once with Tyreek Hill and it, it was great. It was a touchdown, but I think Tua had only thrown the ball like 15 times until they hit like midway through the third quarter. And what you were saying, Gato, like I totally get like, your hand starts to get whole cold when it's that cold out. But Patrick Mahomes also threw for 260. And it didn't seem like it was bothering him that much. Yep. But the other parts of it, too, there was like they had a couple of third down plays where they either got false starts, um, delay of game penalties. They just did not. There was no sense of urgency for a team that was down in that game. And... I don't care if it's cold or not. And, you know, they're trying to play their game. Like you're down in an opposing team's stadium that is historically loud in the playoffs. Like you have to play with a sense of urgency and they were just dragging the whole time. And I don't know whether that was a decision by the coaches, but it seemed like there was no sense of urgency from Tua. And that's where I agree with Q is like, I think this is a Tua problem for them. I don't think it's a McDaniel problem. But I do think that he needs to grow and evolve and recognize that you eventually will have to deviate from the plan when things do not go the way that they're going for. I, I mean, think that's a big part, too. Watching last night, too, was like, it was like I, slow like, motion for them. I, I was waiting for them to start running some outside zone and like running some like, you know, some sweeps and things. And they were just they were hammering a chan and mostered up the middle every fucking play. And it's like, I'm like, what happened to this team that could run? circles on everybody and the chiefs run defense is not good there's like the numbers don't bear out they have a good right. pass defense uh which was really good last night i don't know if you saw that fucking play where the, he came the guys the db circled back on that interception really really good play designed by uh by spags but like they don't have a good run rush defense outside mm-hmm. of like chris jones and so i mean like they should have been able to like get something out of that i don't know and it I mentioned something in the discord, but it just felt like all of their play calling was like, this is the trick, like ticky tack shit that you call during the regular season. Like those like deep, like screen passes where the receiver is real close to the sideline, really, really far back. And like, that's not what you need when you're down by 10 going into the end of the third quarter. There was that one reverse that, struck me as like why would you ever try this right like it got red and i forget how they they i forget if it was like a a toss like a jet sweep and then it went in reverse and it 
and they ended up getting tackled for a loss of like eight on it. And I was just like, this is wholly uninventive and you can't really do that in a game like this. It, it just, I, I don't know. I think also you have to look at the playoffs are so different. The tendencies of teams change completely and teams react and play completely different. The The slate is clean in a lot of, a lot of players' minds, right? And teams' mentalities. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, the, the lack of, I don't know, deviating from that, from that playbook or the game plan just wasn't there at all. It was, it was like they didn't look the score like it was real or feasible. I don't. <laughs> That's the thing. That's a good point too, because I was I was sitting there. I'm like, you guys are down by like 17 points. Why aren't you? Why aren't you trying to get back into this game? Why? Mm-hmm. Like, it just felt like they were so slow to do anything. And I know that there was a couple of like kind of questionable calls that happened for them. But at the same time, it's like, why are we, why are we bleeding the clock? Like, this is mm-hmm. not helping you. Why are we going down to like five or four or three on the play clock every play? Like, the longer you guys are just standing around, the colder it's going to get, the slower you're going to get. Like, play with some tempo. It's And, and it's funny because you would think, yeah, that would keep you warmer. Mm-hmm. Um, you are a team that thrives on speed. So creating that speed advantage, uh, you know, advantage. If you get a good matchup, hurry it up, right? Because right. that's going to be there. They can't make substitutions. Now you can kind of work with that. Um, I don't know if it was they were trying to just read the defense too much. Um, it, it 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 was bizarre. It 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 felt like we were watching like two halves of a tape for two different games. And they weren't playing like the teams weren't playing each other, right? It was yeah. I think the Dolphins were waiting for the game to start to come to them, and it never did. And they waited too long for that to find that out. And by the time they realized that this is a game they're going to have to go out and win, it was already way too late. And yeah, I, I it's also weird to me at this point too that like. So they they canceled the the Bills game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but this game they had as the late game, when it would have made sense knowing it was freezing cold. But this is the four o'clock game. <laughs> I it's for for whatever reason it just made no sense. It was like we don't want the Dolphins to thrive here, and so we're definitely putting them at the eight o'clock slot. Yeah, definitely a weird schedule. <laughs> It was such a bad choice in in scheduling. It didn't make any because both games were happening in the middle of the country. Mm-hmm. So what was why this this one then and that one then? Right? It didn't well, make any probably sense. from like a probably from like a scheduling standpoint, you don't want Browns Texans to be your primetime game on a Saturday night because that's oh, not. Going to, I I don't disagree with you, but like yeah. to attract kind of like the the every fan. Um. Yeah, I they guess. probably wanted that Chiefs Dolphins game because the the likelihood of everybody tuning into that time is going to be more likely than during the day. Yeah, but I mean, analytics. I I will say though, if you put that Texans Browns game on at eight o'clock, that was a 
superior game. That was a good game. That was fun. Yeah. Do we have anything more on the, the Chiefs game? Are we good on this? Patrick Mahomes needs, need, I need Pat Mahomes to stop complaining about every flag he gets in a game. Like or every start, flag that he thinks he should get. Right. It's it's starting to get annoying, honestly. Yeah. I do I do also want to bring up um the helmet cracking. <laughs> it was so cold. Yeah. That that's definitely helmet a cold exploded. <laughs> That material is not meant to be in that cold of weather, which in itself is a reason why they should probably rethink games that are going to be that cold. But And that's another thing, too, is that the refs allowed him to take his helmet off, get another one, and the regulations stipulate you have to either call a timeout or you have to sub that player out, and they didn't do that. Yeah. And I that don't know whether been. it was just like they forgot that that was a rule or they said we don't want to slow it down because it's too cold to be doing that shit. But again, we're 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 having another conversation about like what is the actual rules that we're supposed to be following. I I will say though, because of how mismanaged that situation was, I think it cost the Chiefs seven. Um, they ended up ultimately having a total fuck up on that next play, and yeah, they had to kick did. a field goal. So. In in some ways, like the refs doing that might have been a favor to the Dolphins at that moment. That's true. That's fair. But to go back to what Q was saying, too, yeah. Patrick Mahomes being lightly touched on every play and acting like he was like John Lennon in 1980 is <laughs> Like, you need to fucking relax, man. You need to also understand that there's another team on the other side of the field that's also playing this game. Yeah, got a weird it, energy around him this he, year. He's he's starting to get that unlikableness to him. Like, mm -hmm. I, I, I guess it's just inevitable because, like, you think about the Warriors, right, in the NBA because they were just a homegrown yeah. team. I was actually were, just thinking of LeBron. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think when you win so much that you like you're just around so much, you're bound to just become unlikable after a while. Like I just I don't know what it is, but like I wish it wasn't a thing because I, I love Mahomes, but he's just so annoying now. He's complaining about every little fucking thing. The Kadarius Tony thing he made such a big deal about. And then like now yesterday, like he was complaining about like the the I was the pass interference or something. He was, I, I don't even remember what he was complaining about because I just tuned him out after a while. But like, he, he just, all he does is bitch and complain now about every fucking flag that he gets. And it's like, it's just, he, he's bordering on unlikable at this point. I actually yeah. do want to complain a little bit about pass interference though in the playoffs. So all year long, we've kind of seen where it's, you know, they've been calling it as normal like i think as much as we would expect them to be calling it and so far in the playoffs i've seen a lot of instances where they've let the guys fight it out a bit more and it seems like it's kind of a universal thing in this first half of the nfl games that we've seen in in the playoffs here i have you what are your guys reactions to the do you feel the same way or what's am i just assuming that this is the case because i'm seeing a little bit more physicality um I, it just feels like the refs are calling less pi right now 
they're I not, would they're... prefer less than than more uh, myself, but it's um... as a gambling man, you would. <laughs> no, no, no. Just in general, like honestly, like I, I, I don't want to see a ton of flags in in a playoff game. I'd rather you like if it's if it's blatant, of course. But like, yeah. I, I, I would say I would rather them let them fucking play it out and like be more aggressive and all that because it just makes a better game. Um, then like every fucking play you see a flag being thrown it's just like enough already um so that i mean that's just where i'm at but like it does feel like yeah they're they're kind of i think they're playing a little bit more conservative here but again they, they speaks to why this product is so has been so bad um it's just it's just i don't know i can't i can't gauge what is happening and why we're seeing so many blowouts in every game but so i would Gotta not to be a pain in the ass, but I'm gonna challenge the notion because this is already a league that has a officiating problem because we still don't know what a catch is. We still don't know what a clear definition of a roughing the passer call is. We have rules that were written but are actually really, really hard to enforce. And the idea that the refs can all of a sudden be flag happy in the regular season and then tone it down in the in the playoffs. I don't think there is that level of competency in the the league of okay. extraordinary dentists that are going to be able to do that because the you can't go from bad officiating to good officiating. Like it's all bad. And just because you have the the playoff refereeing teams officiating crews does not take away the fact that they still are also incapable of calling a coherent and competent game. Um, I was a little surprised that they called a, they called a uh, face mask penalty on the Packers today when Dak Prescott was already on the ground and like the play had already <laughs> been called dead. And I'm like, why are we calling this? And Greg Olson's like, well, that's a good call. I'm like, of course you would say that, but you're <laughs> stupid. But why? So, I mean, if I, anything, it would be like an unsportsman, like if he was like trying to like and it grab wasn't, his helmet. But yeah, and it wasn't blatant either. Like the, the guy from Green Bay had tackled Dak and he got his hand caught in his face mask and he was like taking it out. And so I don't know necessarily. I, I think the product is bad for a litany of reasons, but officiating is probably at least in the top three. And I I don't I don't want to give this league credit in the way that you would give it to Major League Baseball umpires, where the strike zone gets a little bit different in the playoffs. NBA refs, where they're a little bit more let them play in the playoffs the NFL or even the NHL refs too, where they're a little bit more, they're letting it ride out a little bit more. I, I, I don't think that there's, a, there's that level of professionalism with the NFL officials. Pukunakua. <laughs> Good way to cap that off. <laughs> no, I, I, no, I agree with you. <laughs> That was a fucking Puka Nakua. Uh, no, I I agree with you. I'm not I'm not going to give credit to the NFL for anything, honestly, because and and it's just it, it's too many. It, it also like it's just been like I I don't 
there are so many plays that go on during a game in which I am just questioning what the fuck they're looking at. Right. And like it, like, you know, I've talked about this before and, and it's me just being a degenerate gambler. Um, but like, it feels like it's rigged sometimes because like, it's like, if I can see this at home and you have millions of dollars worth of equipment and cameras that are like, and you have people working in a, in a fucking control center looking at like, can like literally scrub it to the point where they can see it within like, a, like they can like literally zoom in and see everything and they still get it wrong. It's like feels like it feels like home cooking you know that's all of this like hype with the nfl about like aws uses ai to determine how high the ball is kicked and like the projection of how far it will go it's like y'all can't figure out like what a catch is still like we're still working on this fucking shit and yeah it's like the the nfl is the smartest dumb person that you know I mean, to play devil's advocate, there is a nuanced level about this that the league has to be conscious about, right? Like, they know that nobody wants to see a flag on every play, and there's probably a penalty worth calling on every play. There's at least one, yeah. Yeah, like, there's something happening that just, you know, but you let a lot of it go because it's not critical to the state of the game right and so you kind of just let things fly by the side and i mean you could get to the point where hey you have somebody literally watching every player on both sides to see if they're you know committing a foul right Mm -hmm. but um it serves no purpose and the other thing is that fans don't really don't really appreciate or adapt or adopt new technology for a couple seasons. It takes them a while to get used to any change to their beloved games. And so I think the NFL says good is good enough. And we're not going to try to change this. And I think it, they know that it also leads to the ability to have a conversation and that conversation around their sport is more powerful than the outcome of that sport. I want to say that you're wrong so badly, but the fact of the matter is that last part that you said is like <laughs> it generates buzz and gets people to pay attention. That's that's you're giving them you're it's giving the it away now. Like you're saying the quiet part out loud now. The bottom line is it's none of this in fact matters. And the fact that we're talking yeah. about it now <laughs> instead of something else is a perfect example of like Roger Goodell, just like that Jack Nicholson, like, yeah, <laughs> smiling and <laughs> laughing at us. <laughs> so respectfully, fuck you. <laughs> no, I think that's a, I think that's a good opportunity for us to flip over to the Texans Browns game. Um, CJ Stroud, him. I don't know if you're familiar. Um, Joe Flacco. Thanks for coming. Go away now. Um, do you yeah, think Joe Flacco nice like lasted. what's that? It was nice while it lasted. Yeah, I mean, we it, it wasn't really about the touchdowns, but more about the memories we had along the way. Um, that said, <laughs> Browns lost, Texans moving on. Has sky's Joe the limit, Flacco, for, sky's the limit yeah. for the Texans. But has the Joe Flacco done enough to nope. get a backup spot on that team next year? Does he want one? Yeah, I think that's the more important question. I think if he wants to play, he'll 
Like, it is. Does he really want to play, or did an opportunity? You think, you think they would start him over over Watson next year? A, a healthy Watson? I mean, healthy Watson is a relative term at this point. <laughs> they can't afford Fair enough. To. Fair enough. And the price tag goes up. Like the brick, the brick goes up tomorrow. Cost you know the brick I mean? going up. <laughs> like, <it's... laughs> I honestly like. I honestly was kind of rooting for the. I mean, like I was, I was, I, I'm kind of. It was tough yesterday because I hate the. I don't really like the Browns, but like part of me was just like, man, I love Flacco, and like I really wanted like as much. I, I love CJ Stroud more, but like. Um, but I wanted to have a conversation about CJ Stroud because I'm hoping that this season that Stroud has had finally stops the helmet scouting in the draft. I I I was a big CJ Stroud guy because if you watched fucking college football, you saw how good he was. Mm-hmm. And all I heard from everybody was like when I was I was a Giants fan, I was very into the idea of getting CJ Stroud for the Giants. Joe Shane, uh, there was that. I remember like two years ago, there was a video of Joe Shane talking to him at the Ohio State Combine. And like, there was a lot of people who felt like there was a chance if the Giants were bad that year. And of course, they go to the fucking playoffs that year of all the years to not be bad. Um, it felt like the Giants may, may have made a move for him. I'm hoping that this finally stops because, like, as much as anytime I brought up CJ Stroud, all I heard was Ohio State quarterbacks never translate. They're terrible. They're bad. They never make it. They're all bust. And I finally hope, like, this stops that because, and, like, you know, I just don't understand how people don't watch. They, they're just very content to be like, no, Ohio State quarterbacks are always bad, which, by the way, is a, the Ohio State bad Ohio State quarterback thing is something that really comes from the days when Urban Meyer was there, and Urban Meyer, who runs a kind of an unconventional offense, he would more look for more athlete at quarterback rather than like thrower, like Tim Tebow right. and you know guys who can move the ball with their legs, preferably. So that reputation doesn't foul with Ryan Day. You know, Dwayne Haskins didn't make it, obviously. Um, Justin Fields, we'll see. But like He's got all those guys team. were top recruits yeah. coming out of high school, so it's not like they were bums, you know. Mm-hmm. Joe Burrow was there too. Joe Burrow was there, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I I think that um, the NFL has fallen into this really weird trap that it believes that all Alabama quarterbacks are going to be good because they've had pro offensive coordinators work with them, but. One historically, could make, historically, Alabama quarterbacks have done pretty well, though. Yeah, but one could make the argument, though, that Jalen Hurts is not necessarily an Alabama quarterback because he didn't throw the ball a ton there. He really started to throw the ball more when he went to Oklahoma. And yeah. that's where his development came from. Tua story is still being written, and based off of last night, it's not a great story. At the moment, Bryce Young, very much the same. Mac Jones, very much the same. AJ McCarron, another guy that everyone loved. He's on teams, never starts, never plays. Um, so I think it's, I, I think that the success of a lot of teams in college 
leads others to the opinion that like, yes, if they won in college, they should be able to win in the, in the pros and not to get into this whole tangent too, but people are saying very much the same thing about JJ McCarthy and I don't see it. And Michael Penix too. Yeah. I, I think JJ McCarthy and Michael Penix are going to get a lot of GMs fired. At least yeah. two teams are going to get fired over those two guys. Yeah, I mean, I think that's – I think someone's going to try and galaxy brain their way into convincing themselves that J.J. McCarthy could be a Justin Herbert. It's going to be the Giants. And I, and I don't see it. It's going to be the Giants. The um, I, I feel like part of this stems from the way that scouting is probably organized. Which and, it's not. And that's it's well, very that's, subjective. That's part of it is that they probably send certain scouts that have higher regard to the sexier locations to scout certain individuals. And depending on how gameplay is, which in the South, the gameplay is more pass friendly, more quarterback interesting. So you're going to get a different outcome there in the West, right? So Mm -hmm. you have a bias that already comes. And, And there's something to be said about where you get your scouts from where your people come from um that are that you've worked with right and all those biases play into effect um as much as we want to say it doesn't and there's this other idea about fit right like the nfl is very crazed over that thing that we don't like which is like this is our guy but like that's how every head coach and gm (laughs) treats quarterbacks especially like are they going to be our guy can they fit with our mentality and i think that plays a lot into it is like oh you wanted to go play for ohio state like i don't know if you're going to be our guy like i don't know if that makes you a fit for us and that just right there from the start already is causing some problem which is why you know guys transfer move around a bit yeah they need to be able to be comfortable too and and but to go back to what we were talking about with CJ Stroud, I think he got into the right situation with the right head coach who has a fantastic track record with the Texans, probably one of their best defensive players of all time. Um, but also got hooked up with a Kyle Shanahan disciple as well. And CJ Stroud is probably going to get Bobby Slowick a job as a head coach somewhere else, but I I would like to see that relationship continue to grow and that team develop. I there's a lot of first round talent on that team, and it's very very funny that the Texans got to play the Browns yesterday and show the Browns like this is what you gave up to get a guy that is clearly not himself anymore because they don't have massage parlors in Cleveland, apparently. Oh, they do. They definitely do. <laughs> I mean, we, we talked about it in the beginning of the season. I, I said that like old yeah, Deshaun Watson's not, 2019 Deshaun Watson's not walking through the door. It's not, yeah. it's just not happening. So, you know, you, you, you have to live with your decision at this point And, uh, it's it's it doesn't look like a good one. So, but uh, but I I don't know if Bobby Slowick's gonna get uh, a job this year. It doesn't seem like 
it's going to be he's going to probably get a bunch of interviews but it's going to be kind of like a kafka thing mm-hmm. where he just you know he probably does return for another year which i'm obviously ecstatic for because i do want to see that that situation grow but I, you know how how good does it feel that like we we all were pretty jazzed about D'Amico ryan's getting that uh that job so because like you know there was a lot of josh mccowan stuff that was kind of going on oh yeah so we were all kind of happy that Tomiko got the job, and, and it's great to be proven right sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I just I remember watching him play in his rookie year, and again, this is like the golden era of NFL football. Like, yeah. this is probably that's probably the time that like 2003 to 2010 or 11 is or 2014 or so is like my favorite era of NFL football yeah, and seeing how good he was and what kind of like an impact player he was on that team was so cool. He, they were relatively, uh, when, when did, when did the Texans become a franchise? 2002. <clears throat> I would argue they really didn't ever have before him. They didn't really ever have like a, like a stud defensive player. Like they had Andre Johnson and they had like offensive guys, but like he was, he was obviously one of their best defensive players in their history. Um, Yeah. It's uh, it's, it's, it's awesome to see. And, you know, it's risky going with a defensive head coach, you know, with drafting a quarterback, but like, this is the one good thing though, is that sometimes you can kind of tell when there's a guy that kind of, like Belichick is historically a defensive coach, but like you need a steady hand at the wheel. You need to, again, like we talked about it, a guy who can make a difference. And uh, D'Amico just seemed like that guy. So bringing in the right people, getting Bobby Slowick in. And uh, I, I, I'm going to say it, man. Like I, I bet on the Browns this week uh, to win just because that, you know, CJ has struggled against man defenses um, and, that you know the Browns run man defense roughly eighty percent of the time, so it just felt like it was kind of a bad matchup. Uh, he fucking torched them, so I don't I don't know if there's a the AS is there an ASC team that's going to be able to like slow them down. Uh, I mean Ravens, yes, but <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I mean I don't know, and like I again I was very critical of them going uh trading up their first round pick for 2024 to go back into the draft and get Will Anderson and again I've proven wrong because he he's an absolute stud and they and and again I said like what the fear is when you trade a pick like that is that you're going to end up picking in the you know like the Panthers right you're giving mm-hmm. your number 1 overall pick to the fucking another team uh but you know obviously the they're that's not the case this year. So it's, it's really a great job by the Texan, but I think Nick Casero deserves a lot of credit. Um, Patriots guy, you know, I think we criticized like the one Patriots guy that worked. <laughs> yeah, no. Cause like obviously Ziegler and, and McDaniels flamed out and fucking uh, in Vegas, but like Casario, man, he's, he's put together a really fucking good team in Houston. Uh, a lot of good pieces, a lot of guys that have been growing in that system that are not the name brand guys um, getting tank Dell, Nico Collins in the third round, 
which still fucking astounds me. The, the Nico Collins thing is actually a really weird one too, because it's crazy, like he just was following CJ Stroud, and he was like, "Oh, I know you." Right? Was that not it? That was Tank Dell. Um, oh, that's Tank Dell. You're right. Yeah, Col- Collins was there. <laughs> Collins was there before Stroud. Um, yeah, no. So apparently, uh, with Tank Dell, CJ Stroud um, told told Casario, he's like, "Go get me, go get me, please." Like he like basically when they called him, uh, the, the, that's the story at least is that when they called him to draft him, he said, "Go get Tank Dell," mm-hmm. and obviously injuries uh kind of took him out but he's when if we went healthy if he comes back healthy he's gonna be uh he's gonna be a fucking menace for them so they it's a really interesting dynamic there um in houston and the offensive line like doesn't have many studs on it but like other than tunsil but they they they've done a nice job protecting cj but like this you know we've had this conversation again and i will have it over and over again that a lot of times I don't want to hear that it's all about, um, you know, offensive line play, and it has nothing to do with a quarterback that understands, you know, how to manipulate the pocket and and how to deal with pressure. So, like, that's why, like, I, I don't want to hear that the Giants need to just fix the offensive line and let Daniel Jones cook. Like, it's on him too. I'm gonna slander Daniel uh, Jones all year. I don't give a fuck. As you should. As one should tired of it i mean people he's getting paid this. he's a one percenter now so people want to run this team back next year i'm fucking sick to my stomach to do what with people are conv- like i'm starting to see a, a jj mccarthy narrative on the giants and i'm like so you want daniel jones part two pretty much you want like, a a daniel a version of daniel jones who threw the ball less in college and was relied on less and played fewer like, games I like McCarthy yes, probably more that's than exactly what people want. <laughs> I mean, I like McCarthy a lot more than you do, but like that's not where I'm really like leaning at this point. It, am I a complete asshole for saying I think that this draft class of quarterbacks, which are very highly regarded, will be ninety percent busts? I think it's like very maybe top heavy. any any class is going to be ninety percent bust, um, but that's a the bust is a relative term. I, I think more bustier than usual. So you think more bustier? Of... You say <laughs> more <laughs> bustier? Uh-huh. Yeah. So there, are, there are three. <laughs> there's three. There's there's the three main guys, and then there's the two, three. No, there's the three guys. main guys, and then there's the three kind of secondary guys. So I would argue, Caleb, Drake May. Jaden Daniels are the top tier, and then you got Bo Nix, Michael Penix, and Mike McCarthy mm-hmm. in the second tier. I don't know if you can call. I don't think. I don't think anybody in the mid tier is going to be a first round, a first round pick. Like I don't think McCarthy is going to be a first round pick. Maybe Penix, uh, but I'm going to argue that Penix is going to be the biggest bust out of all of those guys. I, I think that someone from that tier is going to like end up in the first round just because maybe a Panic. piece that. Yeah, there will be a panic, or panic. there's a piece. There's a piece that they that they wanted that's gone off the board now, and they. Bo Nix will be the next best thing. thing. Bo Nix he's the one that I think will find. He's like he's like a mini Taysom Hill, <laughs> a bigger Taysom Hill. He's yeah. actually a bigger Taysom Hill. Oh, he's bigger. Yeah, he's <laughs> six five, six five, two forty Taysom Hill. <laughs> he's the one who I think 
um, of all of them is going to be the one that slips into the first round unknowingly. He'll, he'll, he'll either be like a high 20s guy or he'll be like the first guy to go. In the he's going to test really well and people will say he's a winner and they'll they'll talk themselves into it. Michael Penix, though, I'm not on the Michael Penix train. Um, There's just too many injuries there, man. Four injury and two knees. Four season-ending injuries, two ACL tears, um, two first two first-round receivers, and the best offensive line in college. Uh, recipe for disaster. If you bring this guy into an organization that's like gonna rely on him to be the guy, I I just don't see it. He's got a great I mean, arm. I mean, that's kind of the way that I feel about. I mean, I, I have made my thoughts and feelings very clear about J.J. McCarthy. Like, I don't see how you could see him as a guy who is going to lead your team when he's not even the one who leads his college team. Like, when you when don't you like it, don't trust it. McCarthy when you is... 10 passes in the national championship game and the ones that you did throw were not great. Like, you know who I think, you know who he reminds me of? You know who he's going to be? He's going to be Brock Purdy light. A lesser good version of that. Right. Like, essentially, he's, like, kind of that guy. He's, like, you know, if you want to, if you want a game manager. And, like, I think a lot of people have used game manager as, like, a negative connotation. And I don't think it has to be. I don't think game manager has to be a negative connotation. I think it can, like, they're, like, I would argue, like, Cam Newton was right. That Dak Prescott is a game manager. He's an mm-hmm. elite game manager. And um, he said Brock Purdy's a game manager, and I don't think that's a negative. I think like I think you can be a good game manager, but um, when it comes down to it, I I just I don't. I look at McCarthy and I'm like, yeah, he's super accurate. He doesn't have the greatest arm, but it's a good arm. He can make all the necessary throws and everything like that. I think. You know, he'll be if he has a good offensive line, if he has good weapons and a, and a really smart coach that can take advantage of what he can do mentally, then yeah. But otherwise, just no. I could see him landing on a team and being a backup for a while. Like he could be a good backup in like San Diego, depending on who they're. You mean Los Angeles? Sure. It's still San Diego to me. Um, I could see him going to like a LA Chargers or LA Rams and just sitting for a couple of years. Or good. I could also see a team like the Raiders drafting him and like expecting him to compete for a job and completely just screwing the pooch. Because those Michigan guys, they don't have a great track record in the pros either. I actually see him ending up at like the Vikings for whatever we are. You reason. sure about that? I'm going to do the Tim Robinson thing. Are you sure about that? I mean, outside of Jim Harbaugh and nobody else, Jim, Michigan quarterback legend Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, losing record in the. Oh, there was nobody else. There was nobody oh. else from Michigan that was like really good in the NFL, right? Who was like, um? He was the backup for the Chiefs forever. Um. Oh, he, he got drafted uh, in like 2003 or 2004, though. It. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah, right? I do know who you're talking about. It's like he played on the Jaguars for a while. <sighs> the fuck is his name? I keep saying Drew Henson in my head. I know it's not Drew Henson, but I'm just not him. Uh, another Michigan quarterback. Um, fuck me. 
No. The fuck. Tom Brady had a fantastic career, <laughs> but outside of him, <laughs> that, that was, that was, we were burying the lead, and that's why yeah. I, I was playing, messing around with is that like yeah, the greatest quarterback of all time is a Michigan guy. Um, oh, what's his name? I mean, it's some fucking generic. If fucking Jim Harbaugh guy. goes to to Chargers, it's a very likely scenario they just toss in a JJ McCarthy at the end. <laughs> I would, I would definitely see it happening. You think it would be a package? Well, no, no, no. I'd, I'd say as a strategic thing, it's like, oh, you already kind of know his Chad Henney. Like, ah, oh, Henny. Yeah, Chad Henney. Um, I, I would just say, like, it just makes sense that you bring in someone with your coach that knows his lingo and how he operates, so that you can have somebody that can kind of be a translator and and talk to the rest of the team and do that right so i mean you could have that with a couple guys i guess because there's a few that have played for him over the years but i'm just saying it's it's always good to have that guy yeah that's why they brought in cole beasley to the new york giants so everyone could tell you tell tell the giants hey relax when the ball gets purple and red yeah, that's working out real well. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's fucking dumpster fire there. We won't talk about it on this episode of the uh, second mouse postseason special. Um, before we go, can we do just some quick predictions? The Lions Rams game is going on as we speak. Who do you guys got winning? Uh, I had the Rams, but this game is fucking good and looks like it's going to be a toss-up and all my parlays are blown to shit anyhow so so i yeah i had the rams too um they're down 21 17 right now um, i had a high scoring game though so that tracks and that's that makes sense yeah I, I i don't i don't know i can't really get a gauge on this game because it's been kind of firing on each other back and, back and forth, and forth. A lot of good and a lot of bad from both teams. So, um, but uh, I, I, I'm going to predict right now. There's what two minutes left in this half. I think the mm. Rams are still going to win. I think it's going to come. I think Dan Campbell is going to make a very bad decision. Dan Campbell some, choice. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just I feel like it's coming eventually late in the game. Like it's going to be close, and Dan Campbell is going to make a decision that's going to haunt him. Um, I mean, we didn't talk about. Yeah, the the, the the play in the in the Cowboys. I don't know what the Lions fuck that debacle, was. but I don't like know what that was, man. It's it. I, the Lions in the last two weeks have shown me that they're a team that could either go all the way or fall very short and flat on their faces for just foolish reasons, like unnecessary. Like they are lucky Sam Laporta is in this game right now. It is Oof. insane. Scored, scored a touchdown too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like everything, everything that I would do if I was given the opportunity, I probably wouldn't have done that. Dan Campbell did in the last three weeks. Like it's, which is why I'm not Dan Campbell and awesome. But you know, there's just I, a um, lot of coaching decisions that I'm just like, wow, I can't believe you did that, dude. I, listen, I you know, he went for the two point. And he, he it didn't did mean the, anything. And honestly, I do think that they got screwed because he did clearly report to the to the ref. So yeah, I think it was a mistake by the ref. 
which unfortunately, like, there's nothing you can really do about it. But like, you know, he made a made a ballsy ass decision. It was great. But when you when you get into that situation and you're like, you're far away, you're you get further away from the end zone and you still try and run like you. There's no surprise element to any of this. And then you get bailed out by a defensive penalty, and then you go for it again. It's like you're you're just no, that's why I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> like again, well, he, I like Campbell. He's a ballsy guy. I appreciate that. Former New York Giant great Dan Campbell. I'm just kidding. He was backup. Uh, but it's uh, it's it's you know those type of guys can wear their wear their welcome out real quick though because like it's like Brandon Staley kind of did it you know early on. It's like one thing going for it, like based on the percentages and like using that to your advantage. And there's another thing just being fucking reckless. Like you're playing mad. Some, sometimes it's like too smart football. And then right. like with like with Staley, it was always too smart football. And that was his undoing. Just thinking but he's with, smarter than everybody else. Yeah. yeah the galaxy yeah. Brain shit just did not work for him. Yeah. And, and but with Campbell, it's it's like a guy who's playing a really crappy hand of cards sometimes and he's just like yeah fuck it it's fucking midnight and i'm gonna let it fly let's fucking i'm gonna try to fucking bluff you out of this pot right now you like you don't know what the other guys hold it you know it just yeah and that's sometimes how it feels with with campbell yeah i feel like the like the the expression that people use is like let's wait for them to make the mistake can be used quite a bit with Dan Campbell. It's like let let's let him like get impatient and then do something stupid. Yeah, I, I and I just feel like it's coming honestly because like at this point he's he he it's it's bound it's bound to be a close game and like I feel like he's gonna he's gonna really go for it and it's I think it's gonna be it's gonna be their undoing at the end. We played a win here. Yeah. Like, well, no, you play to yeah. survive for the next game. Yeah, it, it. Well, like, here's the other thing, too, that makes me pick against the the Lions is that they have been quite inconsistent in all the games I've watched them. It's either mm-hmm. they're on and they're cooking or they are cold as a dead fish. That Baltimore and, Ravens game was a really good example of what not playing well looks like. Yeah, like that was the point where I was like, are they frauds? Like, has yeah. this just been like luck up to this point? Because, I mean. A lot of teams have gotten told on in the last, you know, the last day or so, but also the last like couple weeks. Um, and I've just been kind of waiting for that with the Lions. Like, I'm not convinced. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Um, speaking of waiting for people to make mistakes, how about um, Steelers Bills tomorrow night or tomorrow during the day? The game that got canceled in or rescheduled to monday because of the snow it's very weird because it's still going to be snowing there um i don't think it i don't they might as they they were probably just might better off just playing the game and like right you know but uh it's gonna be ugly take the unders if you can i did take the unders on those games um i i don't think it's gonna be good um i if we're talking about spread it's still plus 10 uh, for Steelers, I would say take the Steelers in that regard because I think I think the Bills win, but I don't think they're covering ten points in an absolute disaster of a scenario. But uh, 
I don't know, man. Again, like things have been weird lately. It wouldn't it would it shock me if the Steelers win this game? No, because they could, you know, establish the They're the other early. seventh seed, right? Yeah. Yes. Steelers, yeah. Yeah, yeah so seventh that, seed also not historically great, by the way. Like it's really yeah, that's seventh seed. They're also <laughs> playing with a backup quarterback who was backing up Kenny Pickett. So I would argue that, Mason Rudolph is better than Kenny Pickett. One could make that argument. Mm. I, I think the I would make that consensus argument. is there for that one, actually. Um, so I, I honestly like it would it, it wouldn't shock me one bit. I know they're without TJ Watt, but like I could see them running the ball down Buffalo's throat pretty early in the game, and then all of a sudden, like they're trying to play catch up, and like Josh Allen just tries tries to do too much. I'm just saying, it just it feels like it could happen. So, well, uh, I think I'm gonna a- straight out right. I'm gonna pick the Bills. Okay. Tom. Yeah, I, I think the Bills are a better team, but they have not shown me as a team collectively outside of Josh Allen that they can consistently run the football. And if it's still snowing tomorrow and to the levels that it was the last couple of days, it's going to be a game where you're going to have to be running the football a, a lot. And the Steelers can run it when they when they want to. Um Maybe it's not the prettiest, but they can get it done. And I think for me, particularly this year with Josh Allen, it's when he gets impatient and starts to overthink things, that's when bad things happen for him. And Mm. I mean, I think for this is not by any means a great Steelers team, but I still have a little faith that Mike Tomlin is going to be able to get them at least prepared to make it a competitive game. And Osama bin McDermott um, is, I think that he's playing. I think he's coaching for his job tomorrow. Like if he can't get it done, then they might need to go out and find somebody else. You know, I think that that narrative changed a bit. I mean, because look, the tail end of the season was a real change for the bills. They played to the level. I think that people expected them to going into the end of the season and they won out the last five games or something. Was it something like that? Five of seven or they finished the year. Seven? I know that. I don't know that. Yeah. But everyone and, and they, every Ken week Dorsey. they got stronger and stronger. Everyone's crediting Ken Dorsey getting fired for that, but they were fourth in EPA offensive EPA when Ken Dorsey was the offense coordinator and post since then they've been seventh in EPA. It's just regret. They, they were due for some positive regression. They were just they, losing. Yeah. They were just losing in the worst ways possible. They are turnovers, man. They have, they have been cursed with these primetime games. These primetime games are absolutely brutal for them. I don't know why it just seems like, Anytime they're at that late game slot, they just get beat up and injured and just bad things happen to them. It's they're not meant to play after dark. Let's put it that way. I mean, that's kind of a mentality thing, though. And like we there are teams that play consistently at night or in primetime games that play well. It's it's how you prepare and. That's where I think like this is a McDermott issue now because he's been there for enough time where he should know how to play and coach in a big game. For Christ's sake, he was a defensive coordinator in the Super Bowl, a couple of them, I'm pretty sure. Um, and he's got to be able to get those guys ready. And again, you've been there for long enough and you still can't get it done. They might be 
it might be worth them trying something different. I just as, I as a like defensive as a defensive coach, their defense sucks too. So, as yeah, that is true. I mean, I think you're making good points. You're slowly convincing me here, but not I, to I win. Like, like not, still... they're, they're not going to lose. They're they're definitely going to win. But I don't think that he's a good coach. See, I think there's other pieces that they could argue are the problem at the moment, and that's still going to be the issue that they'll deflect because he's done good things there for the amount of time he's been there. I mean, you could also make the argument, too, that a team they that has gave a decent... Rex Ryan how many years? <laughs> I mean, and... and They're well, a patient what, franchise. Well, I mean, McDermott has been there since 2016, 2017. That's true. So, I mean... He certainly has had enough time to put it together, and I think their window probably was like two years ago. Osama bin McDermott is absolutely insane, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> that is the most insane shit I've ever heard. About I that. won't apologize for that. <laughs> I, I I don't think you no, should. but McDermott had to apologize for it a few times. So, God, that's so, great. Gatto, who did you have in that game? Yeah. Oh, Bills. Okay. Eagles. Do you think they're covering 10? Are they covering 10 is a good question. They've just, the way they finished the season just felt very quality and complete. Um, And and it wasn't like teams weren't playing for things, you know, playing. Like it was an important week 17, week 18 game or whatever you know what i mean like it was um i i just i think that they've been trending upwards for a while but we were so like the roller coaster that they put everyone on especially considering how optimistic i think a lot of people were for the bills going into the season um has just like you know given everyone the ick about them so that's that's it's just a holistic feeling that <laughs> that I'm going with here, but I don't think I used they the word did, holistic in the right sense. They here, did but. go on a five game winning streak to end the season, but they mm-hmm. also barely beat the Chargers one by six points against New England. And well, was that wasn't that a bad weather game? The New England one? Or, yeah, yeah, I don't remember. That's not really and the one I'm worried New about. England's defense, the, the New England's defense. The Chargers game that they won by here. two. Yeah, that is fair. That's that's true. Um, Against Easton Stick. Who? Yeah. Who is right? Easton Stick. How about... Um, Sounds like a brand of hockey sticks. I think it is. How about Buccaneers-Eagles tomorrow night? <sighs> My bias I, says... Go Bucks. <laughs> well, I mean, what's funny is, honestly, is that I, in the beginning of the week, was saying, like, there's not a shot in fucking hell the Eagles are going to win this game because they look like a disorganized fucking mess right now. But I think the perception has shifted so much that I'm not going to be surprised if Philadelphia wins this by 20. Just because, True. like, honestly, I think Brown being out benefits them because... I think he was going to play hurt 
And I think, you know, having a banged up number one receiver that Hurts was going to target the entire game was not going to benefit that offense. But now that he's out and like they don't have to worry about him, you know, trying to like work his way through the game. Um, it might free up the game. I think I don't know what hurts his fingers. Like his fingers was fucked up against. Giants, it hurts. So it hurts. Yeah, yeah. So I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know what that's gonna that's gonna look like in the game. But I'm still gonna take the Bucks plus three. But I, I, I'm I'm certainly less confident than I was yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> Because the Bucks, like they barely. What was the what was the last week? Um, nine versus six or something. I yeah, think it was who, nine nothing. It was the Panthers, um, right? Nothing. They played the Panthers, right? Panthers. Yeah, and I did they get like, a touchdown called back? That's what it was. <laughs> the Panthers <sighs> almost had seven in that it game. Was, it was nine nothing. Nine nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Mayfield had. Um, he has a rib injury. He's not. He had healthy. one last week, so yeah, they really couldn't do a whole lot. But I don't know, man. He, he is not healthy. And uh, it, I mean, the one positive is that the the Philadelphia pass defense has been such hot garbage that if there is a game in which Mike Evans could get loose, it's, this is the one. I, I was watching a, a breakdown of the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I think it was the QB school. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh they were just – it seems like there's just a lot of issues either in calling the right um, adjustments at the line. Um, basically, I think I think um, Kelsey is just trying to do too much and or he's being relied on to do too much. He's making all the, play, uh, the blocking calls. Um, it seems like he's also – trying to make all of the hard blocks himself and it's just too much for him um but it's also the play schemes it seems like they block they do a lot of misdirection where they block away from the action in the in like if the run is going to the right they will skew it so it looks like the blocking for a run to the left and it's like that's never going to work like why would you think that misdirection and it seems like a lot of teams have picked up on this because they're wholly inflexible and they haven't really been creative. Um, they're not like when you watch their games, it's the same shit over and over again. If they can get to, you know, if they can get three yards per play, they're perfectly fine with going for on a fourth and one with the tush push. Like they play for nine yards, every set of downs. Like it's, and teams are picking up on that. So I love Bobby O'Karake jumping over, doing the Palomau over the center. Um, <laughs> like, and again, Carl Banks, uh, Giants legend Carl Banks said in the beginning of the week, up to the, leading up to the game, that he said he doesn't think that they should outlaw the tush push. And he said that if he was like a defensive coordinator, what he would do is he would have the middle linebacker pretty much do what Bobby O'Karake did, like try and time it. And just mm-hmm. keep doing that over and over again. Like, take the penalty, take the five yards, whatever, because yeah. you're gonna get it anyway. So, like, but like, put the fear of God in them that you're gonna like jump over the top and injure them or something. They'll it's... they'll eventually either like pull back on it a little bit. Maybe they'll hesitate a little bit, which could lead to some mistakes. So, but he said just like keep keep hammering them with that. And it was it was great. I loved it. 
Yeah, I I think something that you said, Gato, re- really resonates with me, and like their general inflexibility to change their philosophy or their approach. Like they run a lot of shit out of shotgun, and I think for me, with with a five step drop too, which is yes. Weird. So it's a long <laughs> it's a long time for stuff to develop. It it needs to be timed really well. You need a quarterback that has really good footwork and. Um, his footwork, and and that's another thing. Jalen Hurts' footwork has gotten a little bit. I'm not gonna say lazy. It's just it's changed. Maybe he's fatigue. Of, he's well, hurting. He's got, a, yeah. he's got a leg injury too. I know that's been something that's been bothering him. That might have a lot to do with it. But there was mm-hmm. there was really another nice. video that I sent you guys last night that talked about like the changing defenses and how defensive has adjusted to like pass heavy teams, mm-hmm. where like those RPO plays. If teams are looking for them, the, the the individual that created this video, I don't remember his name off the top of my head, but he said, like, we've seen enough RPO plays right now that kids in high school that were seeing this for the first time are now in the league. They know what to look for. So <laughs> now defensive coaches know what to look for as well. And so the ways that teams have been scheming offensively are now being contradicted by these multiple zone looks from defensive coordinators where they're splitting the field in two and running two different kinds of zone on one side of the field to the other. And it's really fucking with people, particularly Mm -hmm. quarterbacks where they're looking for a lot of these like screen passes to the edges or these really tight plays, but they don't have enough time for those to develop and they start to struggle. The switch to that is I formation run up the middle and teams are not built to do that anymore. Actually, if you if you kind of watch what was it earlier before, I mean, what was what 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 went wrong for the Cowboys that went so right for the Packers was just fucking handing it straight off to Aaron Jones right up the fucking middle. Get him off tackle, get him off the, the, the corner of the guard and just push people around. And my God, it was working brilliantly under the center play action will always be. So much more effective than shotgun play action because it's so much harder to see the ball when this quarterback is under was is behind the center and he can hide the ball in different ways. There's there's a there's a mystique of like field of vision, right? So right. it's almost like it's almost like a screen for your defender. He's if he knows where the starting point is, he knows where to look for the ball. He knows who to look for because you're back, right? You're giving him a place, a place to point his eyes before the play starts, right? Mm-hmm. So there's an advantage there for a defender. You're you're one hundred percent right there, Tom. Yeah. So that being said, I think the Eagles win. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> they, you know what? Okay. And I can see this. <laughs> I can see this though, because like, hey. Uh, it, they've 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 looked absolutely terrible the last couple of weeks. They're due for a rebound, right? Like yeah, this was a and, team that dominated for a very long time, and they're yeah, playing and, the books. And, and the other thing is too, is the, the Buccaneers are a banged up team, and I think like they could shock the world. Like they have a they have defensive players that could make things happen in the playoffs. They have some guys that are left over from that Super Bowl run on that team still, but. I think, I think the Eagles have drank a lot of the haterade, and now they're just angry. 
Yeah, I think they're playing. I think they're gonna be playing for their coach too. I, yeah, Sirianni might get I, fired they, because you can't melt. They down really like, like Sirianni too. Yeah, I don't think AJ Brown likes anybody on this team anymore because he went on like a delete spree on Instagram and saw that. Yeah, That's- which I don't understand, frankly. Like, this is a team that picked you up, and you've had your two most productive careers in your two most productive seasons in your career. And now you're like having a fucking meltdown about it. Like wide receivers are a different breed of like bat shit that I just, I just don't understand. I think the ring thing is the issue, right? And he's feeling like the time is closing on it. I mean, it's like it's fourth or fifth year in the league. Like, is it just that much? He hasn't been around longer. I mean, he did what, like two years with um, Tennessee. Tennessee, and yeah, now I think he was there longer than two years. I think he was there like four years. Yeah, I thought he was older. He's twenty six. He so was in Tennessee feels, for three years. Eight. Three years. Man, um, you you are right though. They are a special breed of crazy because you ever see that tweet? About like quarterback tweet. I love my team. They're so amazing. Running back tweet. It, it's but it's I, I can't remember exactly. I'll, I'll find it for you. But it was like I think it was a wide receiver tweet. Is like oh, the wide receiver is like the enemy speaks softly and carries a knife. Like it's always like yeah. something just like <laughs> like an emoji of a snake and like yeah a tight end, tight end tweet is derp derp derp. <laughs> Running back is like God is great and wide receiver is like the enemies or near you carry a knife like they're always so dramatic it's 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 insane especially because like aj brown and hertz have been friends for a long time like they used to like you know obviously know each other when uh aj brown was going to old miss and uh hertz was in alabama so it's it's just weird um it's very weird vibes like God forbid Hertz goes through a bad stretch. Like all of a sudden Brown is like, I'm fucking done with you. I'm on to my next one. So yeah, even in that bad stretch, he had 40 less yards and like 18 more receptions. Yeah. Like you need to fucking relax my guy. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand it. any honestly, and uh, it's very, it's very weird. Cause like, I'm like, I don't know where it's coming from either. That's the, that's the funniest thing is like, it seemed like everything was fine. And then now he's just like being crazy. So. Big weirdos. I'm, what, I'm what, what is okay your reasoning behind taking the Eagles? What do you think's going to like, what do you, what do you like? Wh- how do you think it's going to like shake out? Is it going to be like a blowout? Is it going to be, what do you think? I think this is when um, the Eagles go to the fridge and use the last of the uh, DeAndre Swift leftovers. Like this is the the day we either eat it or throw it out. DeAndre Swift. Jesus Christ! Like I remember in the beginning of this, I remember in the beginning of the season. Q, you said they they traded to get DeAndre Swift and they're going to use him up and they're going to just run into the ground. This is the time I drink your milkshake. I drink it up. Yeah. I think like, I think that's, you know, that's clearly where it's headed. Right. Is um, they're going to, they're going to ride him pretty hard. 
at this point. Um, Phrasing. <laughs> and maybe yeah. the D will ride. The, maybe they'll be able to ride the D too. <laughs> maybe. Um, I don't know though. I, I'm not. I'm not. I, I'm not convinced that the Eagles are going to win. But like, it feels like it could be a scenario because, like, I still feel like they're they're. It's going to be hard for them to pull this off. But knowing my luck, I never. I never go. I never get that this lucky that the Eagles and the Cowboys will both be eliminated. I have a feeling at least one of them is going to be a pest in the next round. So, I, I we shall see. It, I think it's going to end up. Because I don't want it to happen, it's going to end up an Eagles blowout. Because I don't want it to happen. Eagles blowout? Yeah. yeah and they're going to be I... like getting their groove back kind of attitude with it. And it will float them another game. And then they'll have to see. Well, yeah, no. It, they, then they would have to see the Niners in, in the conference championship. And that's when they will get chewed up like bubblegum. But. Um, chewed up like bubblegum. I think the thing for me is like if the Eagles were playing anybody else other than the Buccaneers, I'd be a little bit more concerned. But the Buccaneers, oh, they play won. Green Bay, they'd be fucked. Yeah, they'd, yeah, they'd oh, be God, scary. Imagine that. But <laughs> the Bucks won a division with a nine and eight record, and they had the Saints, they had the Falcons, and they had the Panthers in there. And yep. not a very competitive division. Somebody had to fucking win that thing. And yep. just Baker being injured with a rib injury. And like there, that team still has a lot of just like, it's got a lot of holes on it. And I know that Chris Godwin and Mike Evans are great. And who knows? This might be the last ride for both of them there, but that's right. They're also just kind of older dudes too. Bucks country. Let's ride. Ahoy, matey. Yeah, I think uh, I think they're probably destined for a breakup at the end of the year. Um, but Buccaneers uh, have said they're not going to re-sign Mike Evans. They flat out said it. Yeah, they made it a point. So, or, did they That's say that, good. or was it just like, does it is that the vibe you're getting? It's it's the vibe, and it was implied. Okay. No. So they they didn't say it then. So you're lying. They like wrote it on like a You're blackboard not or a they, fucking like, liar. They they wrote it on like <laughs> game plan. No, but I know it was a huge reason why Mike Evans was upset in the beginning. No, no, it's yeah, it's it's very well documented that like he wanted an extension before the season started. Oh, and he, so you're creating a narrative then? I'm 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 literally just telling you the truth, which was that he uh, he wanted he wanted a contract extension before the beginning of the season, and he said. Once the season started, he would cut off talks, and he he stuck he stood by his word. He he said that they're not going to discuss it further. So, he's had a pretty good season. He's had. I feel like I, I'd want to discuss it. He he has never had under a thousand yards in a single season. Never. Kind of crazy. He's he he is a he is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Once he's done playing, uh, so where does he go next? Uh, I'm going to start a narrative. You ready? Houston Texans. He is a Texas mm. boy. He went to Texas A&M. Bring him to CJ Stroud, Nico Collins, Mike Evans, and Tank Dell. 
I am starting. We're going to start a dialogue. Yeah. For whatever reason, Mike it's going to end up on Dallas so because of sad. that. Dallas also would make sense. Um, and yeah. then we have to deal with him every yeah. year twice. Yeah, but he could also be another one of these guys, like a DeAndre Hopkins, that has to like go to some scrub team, too. I think he's going to have suitors. I mean, what, 79 catches, 1,255 yards, 13 touchdowns. Um, doesn't really miss a lot of games. Um, he missed one game. He missed two games last year. He missed a couple games in 2019, but for the most part he plays, he doesn't, he's, he never misses time. So yeah, his picture on ESPN is so funny. <laughs> he looks so sad. <laughs> well, he, it looks he, like it's a hostage picture. He probably, he probably got it taken right after he got told that Tom Brady was retiring. Yeah, that would make me sad too. <laughs> Honestly, you know where I could see him going? Where? Kansas City. Would be interesting. That's I think a piece I think they could use. We would are be, in legacy preservation mode here for Mr. Evans and I'm sure they will find a way to pony up the money to get Mike Evans there. Yeah. Even if that means that Kadarius Tony has to like run an Uber. I have another take, and it comes full circle of this podcast episode. Packers would be a good fit for him because he'd give them a little bit of veteran experience, knowledge. I think, uh, and it's it's a name for a receipt. It's hey, Jordan Love, like he's doing great things with yeah. relatively unknown scrubs. He's hmm. their new big name, you know. They needed new Devonte. Start there. That's an that's interesting. I don't know if I don't know if he would want to go there, just based off of like climate. <laughs> fair. There, there's a that's there's a team fair. that I'd love him to go to, and a team that I I think he goes to. Um, a team I'd love him for him to go to would be the Chargers, um, because I feel like. Because that's like an old age retirement home at this point. Well, anyhow. I mean, but like they, Keenan Allen is more of your intermediate guy, and like Quentin Johnston, I think it's time to admit it was probably like a bust. And I, I'm Get glad I, I literally called that. Um, he, he's he's a giant bust. So I think getting Herbert, a guy like that, mixed with Keenan Allen, could be interesting. I think he goes to the Jets. I think the Jets are going to oh. get really aggressive here. <laughs> I, I was think, actually thinking Patriots. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it depends on what they, what they do a quarterback, but I think the Jets are going to get aggressive because of Rodgers and and like you know, obviously Alan Lazard. They spent forty million dollars on him. He's fucking trash. Barely saw the field. Randall Cobb and all that. So I think like they're going to try and get Devonte Adams, but I don't think Adams is going to be available. I think I think the Raiders are going to hold on to him. By the way. Hire Antonio Pierce. Like, don't fuck around. Like, the Raiders can't fuck this up again. They I think that's going to happen. Yeah. The, the players have been very outspoken about this, too. Max Crosby and... literally said, either you hire Antonio Pierce or you're trading me. Dude, so, I mean, like, just, I feel like it's worth a shot. Give him, you know, give him a year, at least a year to see what, what cooks, you know? I don't know, man. We see teams all the time making these weird decisions that uh, that don't really make a lot of sense to me. And uh, 
So it wouldn't it would not shock me one bit if they go out and hire Jim Harbaugh and well, like he's gonna get it to himself. I I mean could, but he could also end up on the uh he could also end up on the Raiders. It wouldn't shock me one bit. So I don't know, man, but they gotta do something. They cause like the vibes were so good after he got hired. After yeah, I was happy for him actually. I mean like once Giants fucking legend. And... Yeah, it's pretty Gi- great. Giants legend Antonio Pierce. Like, you know, I, I, I just want to see him succeed. So um what all these ex players becoming uh good coaches good. <laughs> from <laughs> was was uh, no, I think Belichick was gone by that point, right? He never coached um he never coached Pierce, right? No. No. Pierce was on the Washington before that too. So uh, he certainly well, knows a bad organization and how to overcome it. People don't talk enough about that offseason for the Giants, 2005. That was a fucking offseason, man. They got they got Antonio Pierce, they got Kareem McKenzie, and they got Plaxico Burris in that offseason. Mm-hmm. Like and then like guys like Sam Madison and shit. It's it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um. Anything else before we sign off here, guys? I want to. I I'm just gonna call a narrative here. I want to. I want to set a narrative that I need the New York Giants to, um, hire Denard Wilson immediately as their defensive coordinator. We'll get into the Wink Martindale stuff probably when we do, um, a regular show, but. I sent out that I showed you that guys that tweet uh, the other day of the Ravens' pass defense has taken such a step forward this year. Uh, the Eagles have taken such a step back. Um, I'm really worried that he's going to get snatched up by somebody. So I'm hoping my my Giants do what's right and just hire him right now because um, looks like the I don't I don't know we're, we're, we'll get into the Giants next time, but like. They really, really need to do something because this. Otherwise, I don't think Dable's going to survive another year. No, yeah, that might be good. There's got to be some changes, and if actually Wink Martindale actually needs to no longer be a member of the team. Well, he's he is he's he is gone, so it's uh it's official. He's he's meeting I think with Jacksonville next week. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, that'll that'll be good for him. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if Jacksonville is good for anybody. Um, no. <laughs> no, but I, I'm just saying. I'm starting a narrative that I really, really like. He's he is a guy that I want. Anywhere he's gone, he's improved things immediately. But like, if Mike McDonald if McDonald gets a head coaching job somewhere, um, he's either going to become the Ravens' defense coordinator or he might get carried over into that administration. So I'm hoping the Giants make a move like now. So just putting it out in the universe. Word. All right, folks. I think that does it for us. Uh, thanks for tuning in to this special update on the NFL playoffs. Um, we are going to record so- another episode sometime this week where we'll break down a little bit more of that offseason juice for both the Commandos and the Giants, but also talk a little bit about some of the games that are coming up um, next week. 
do us a favor and throw us a like and subscribe on your favorite streaming platforms as well as give us a follow on social media. Tell your loser friends too. Tell your Raiders friends that they should listen to the show because we're Antonio Pierce fans and I'm sure they are too. Um, guys, anything? I lost a lot of money this week. I'm Me sure too. you did. Me too. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. <laughs> okay, let's get me a rhythm. Follow me. We are, we are and then he says, and I'm not kidding, he goes, now clap. Please clap. Just clap for that, you stupid bastard. I need applause to live. Ha! Suck it, Jack Sparrow! <laughs>